Today we celebrate the great St. Lawrence, and I think um, for those that are, that are used to going to daily Mass, you kind of get to hear about him every year, and this is one of the beauties, I think, of our tradition is to be reminded of some of these great saints on a yearly basis, and I'm really glad that we could have Deacon, Deacon Chuck with us as well today, because St. Lawrence is famous for being, I would say, probably like one of the most famous deacons next to probably St. Stephen, and so St. Lawrence was kind of he was amazing in his ardor for the faith. And so just the other day, we celebrated uh, St. Sixtus, the Pope St. Sixtus, who is one that's in the Roman canon in the first Eucharistic prayer. And so Lawrence was alive during the same time that Sixtus was alive. And so that's kind of why their feasts are quite close together. And so at that time in Rome, Lawrence was actually in charge of the, it, it, there was the seven deacons of Rome, and he was in charge of them. He was the head deacon, essentially. And so during that time, when they took Pope Sixtus away to be, to be martyred, uh, he just kind of like lamented this, that he was not going to be martyred, you know, with his pope that, that he had such admiration for. But the, the pope, essentially, Pope Sixtus made a, a short little prophecy in that moment, and he basically said, um, you know, in three days you will join me, and, and that turned out to be completely true. And so the um, sort of prefect of Rome at that time basically comes to Lawrence and says, you know, he knows that people, you know, all of you, he knows that the faithful give to the church. And so they hear kind of through the rumor mill and stuff like that, that the church is very rich, that there's great riches that are bought, brought to the church. And so he basically demands the wealth of the Roman church. And so he says, you know, I want the wealth of the Roman church uh, to come to me. That's what this prefect demands of Lawrence. And so he says, you know, give me three days and I will give you more wealth than you can possibly imagine. And so in those three days, the, the famous tradition is that he gathered all of the sick, you know, the poor, the infirm, and the religious. And then he brought them before the prefect and he said, here are the treasures of Rome. And so everything, all of the money that we give to the church, all, all of the benefaction that comes to the church, that's all given out to those who are in the greatest need. And that was the way that he showed this to the prefect. And, um, and you know, he must have been quite a guy, uh, St. Lawrence, too, because the famous story is recorded on two different spots. And, and this church is, in, this is part of one of the station church circuits in Rome during Lent that, that are, you walk to a lot of the ancient station churches in Rome. And Lawrence's church is a, is a small little, little church in Rome. Uh, but the famous story is that they, I mean, gosh, these are just, the deaths of the martyrs are just like so horrifying. Sometimes it's almost as hard to say them in just normal language. But he was basically slowly grilled alive, for lack of a better word, and so, um, but they said his, just his ardor and his faith and his kind of heroism, that he even sort of, um, they said for sport, he sort of messed with his, his captors. And, you know, and so one of the famous lines, he says that, you know, I'm done on this side, you can turn me over now. Or there's another one that goes something like that. And so just his courage um, in the face of martyrdom was unbelievable. And so that great that, that he was killed on is there at the church of St. Lawrence in Rome. And so when you go down there, it's kind of like in a, in a, in a reliquary, and you could go down and, and look at it. And so it's amazing that in this early church, the heroes of the church, the leaders of the church, 
um, people had great admiration for, for their, the model that they were in the church. And, and you'll notice probably with me, and, and, and I think that you would notice with Father Brent, because Father Brent and I had this discussion on numerous occasions, is that we both, we both often use the Roman canon. So, so the Roman canon is Eucharistic prayer number one, where you have the long list of saints, the, you know, the apostles and the early, um, early martyrs of the church and everything like that. And there's a number of reasons why I think that that's really important. Some people will roll their eyes as soon as they hear the list of the names because they're like, oh no, this is the long one, the really long Eucharistic prayer. And I think Father Brent told me that he actually said them and maybe even timed them one time. I think we're only talking within like maybe it's like a minute and a half longer or something. We're within just a couple minutes longer. So it was kind of interesting when we talked about it. But the important thing about the Roman canon, about that first Eucharistic prayer, is that that was the only Eucharistic prayer for most of our, our history. It's the oldest Eucharistic prayer. And then, you know, of course, the church builds up these prayers over time. But that's the most ancient early one that the apostles, when they first really started celebrating what looked like Mass as it does today, which was very early on in the church, that is the basis for the Roman canon. And before Vatican II, that was the only Eucharistic prayer that there was. And so there is great value in all the other Eucharistic prayers, and they, and they offer something really specific. Um, Eucharistic prayer number three talks about the Holy Spirit in a way that is not in the Roman canon. So they do offer something else. But it's important that we remember how important that that Roman canon is, especially on days like this, where um, we just celebrated Sixtus, who is in the canon, and Lawrence, who is such, um, you know, who, who loved his pope and wanted to die with him. So there's days that we remember that. And as a church that's named at whose patroness is also in the Roman canon, that's also huge too. So, um, so you'll hear me use it a lot, and I know Father Brent used it a lot as well. But we do that to remind ourselves of the tradition that we have in our church that we keep these traditions alive because we are a traditional church that passes on the fruits of our tradition to each next generation. And so um, one of the other things that you'll notice that's kind of amazing in that prayer is that when, when I think about praying for all of you um, here at St. Cecilia's, there's two really important parts to that prayer. And they're easy to remember because you'll see the priest pause and so it's the prayers for the living and then the prayers for those who have died. And that's the point where the priest will fold his hands and then be silent for a moment. And that's the only Eucharistic prayer that has those moments for those intention. So it's, it's a moment to pause, especially for, for me, for the celebrant, but also for all of us, to pause for those that we love who have died and to pray for them in a specific way but those who are also living that need our prayers. And you'll notice after the prayer of the living that comes first, and it says, and all who are gathered here, whose faith and devotion are known to you. And that's amazing. And so um, that's the reason that, that, that it's utilized and while you utilize it today, because it gives an unbelievably prayerful reflection of what the mass really is and why we're all gathered here today. And so on this feast, this feast of St. Lawrence, we just hope that we could be as heroic as he was. And probably his most heroic thing was his recognition 
of what treasure really is. Uh, the treasure of the church is, is all of us and how we take care of one another. And so after all, diakonia, deacon, um, that word means servant. And so even, even once a priest is ordained, uh, even once a, a bishop is ordained, he never ceases to be a deacon. In fact, the bishop often will still wear the dalmatic underneath the rest of his vestments just as that reminder that, that he'll always be a deacon. And so we just remember that, that to be a deacon is to serve and that we're all called to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you all.